of God's love, of, of God's being is love, rather. The mainspring of his being is love. And we understand this. Love gives. Everybody say love gives. Love. Now, I, 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 I like talk back. All right. I like talk back. All right. So talk. you can talk back. I'll give you permission to talk back to me today, everybody. OK. So so the question becomes, how do you know someone who truly loves you? How do you know that? See, you know someone truly loves you because they are willing to give up something valuable to them for you. See, being a father, I understand now what it means um, when God when it says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because now that I'm a father, it is hard for me to even fathom giving trip for a world that keeps disobeying me. But God's love is so strong that he's able to give something that is of value to him. See, listen to this. Value is not found in things. Value is found in people. So our value isn't in the cars that we drive. It isn't in the clothes that we wear. is isn't in the phone that we have. It isn't in um, the degrees that we have. Value is not in things. Value is in people. Everybody say value is found in people. So the question becomes, are you willing to sacrifice what you have assigned value to truly love others? Because a lot of times we, we say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But we're not really we're not willing to give up on our toxic behaviors because we have assigned value to our toxic behaviors. We say, you know what? These these toxic behaviors are more valuable to me than me saying, let me make the change and let me make the switch to truly love you. See, God wants us to truly love one another. Everybody say we need to truly love one another. We need to truly love one another. So this is what it says in John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. And, and when you understand love, you start to treat people differently. You start to think differently. You start to act differently. You start to live differently because you understand love. Everybody say, understand love. So you probably like, man, that pastor saying we got to say a lot today. We did not come for that. We did not come to preach the word. So this is what it says in John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. It says, I give you a new commandment that you should love one another just as I have loved you. So you, too, should love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourselves. So the question becomes, are you a true disciple of God? Because if you're not loving your neighbor as you love yourself, then you're not really representing who God says for you to represent. You're not really representing him. And so let's 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 go back a little bit and go up a little bit into this John, um, because in John, we, we hear John chapter three, verse 16 through 17. So often that we forget um, that Jesus was having a conversation with Nicodemus. And so this is what it says in John chapter three, verse one through two. It says, now there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, a leader and authority among the Jews. Who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know and are certain that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs, these wonder works, these miracles, and produce the proofs that you do unless God is with him. So we see in this exchange how Nicodemus believed. So Nicodemus was he, he was he was limited by some things. Everybody say limited by some things. Limited. 
So what was Nicodemus limited by? He was limited first by his belief. Everybody say beliefs. See, Nicodemus believed that Jesus was just for the Jews. He believed that Jesus was just for the Jews. So he was limited by his belief. How else was Nicodemus limited? He was limited by his belonging. Everybody say belonging. So what do I mean by that? See, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a part of the strictest sect. Um, He was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So he was a part of the strictest sect of, of religion. And so he believed that, you know, since I'm a part of this, this belong, since I belong, since I'm a Pharisee, then I must know who God is. See, do you really know God or do you really know God? Do you know about God or do you know God for yourself? And that's 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 what we that's what we want to teach you at Momentum. We want to teach you how to know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. Because a lot of times we say we know God, but we really don't know God because of how we treat other people. Because of how we say things to other people, because of how we think about other people, because of how we condemn people, do we really know who God is? And so Nicodemus was limited by his belonging. How else was Nicodemus limited by? He was limited by his biases. Everybody say biases. Biases. So what do I mean by that? He, he thought that God's love was a special province of Israel. So he thought God's love was only for one part. See, I want to let you know this. God's love is not limited, not just to your world. See, a lot of times we think that we can we are the only ones who can receive God's love. I can only receive God's love in my world. See, you you did this and you did that and you did this. And no, you can't receive God's love. Isn't it interesting how we always want to receive grace from God, but we don't want to give grace to others? Isn't it interesting how we always want to receive love from God, but we don't want to give love to others? See, your neighbor is not just the person who has the same skin tone as you. See, your neighbor is the one that that is. See, your neighbor is everybody. First off, your neighbor isn't based on. Okay, do they do they share the same skin tone with me or do they share the same address with me? No, your neighbor is the one who is sitting right next to you. So God's love is not limited to just your world. So let's go back to John chapter three, verse 16, because I really want to break this down because I really want you to understand God's love, because when you understand God's love, then you will have power. Everybody say power. power. See, we are the most powerful, powerless people because we don't understand who God is. We don't understand what love is. We don't understand who love is and who is love. God is love. So the scripture says this for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up. His only begotten, unique son, so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. So the whiff of God's love is not just limited to a certain people. The whiff of God's love is not just limited to a certain place. The whiff of God's love is not just limited to a certain personality. And guess what? The width of God's love is not just limited to a certain profession. Because a lot of times people think, well, the pastor must the pastor must be receiving this special love from God. No, the love that we all receive is an unconditional love. See, while you were yet dead in your sins, God sent his son for you because he loves you that much. See, we have to understand that God's love for mankind is pure, spontaneous and constant. See, God's love for you will never change. God's love for you is consistent. 
God's love for you is constant. God's love for you is not a love that's going to be up one day, down one day. See, that's, that's, how, that's how the world's love is. One day the world loves you, the next day the world doesn't. They want to counsel you, right? And we see that in the, in the Holy Week. We see that in Holy Week because we see how on Palm Sunday they were saying to Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. And then a few days later they were saying crucify him. See, we live in a world of that same upward and downward cycle of love. One day I love you, one day I don't. What have you done for me lately? If you haven't done anything for me lately, then I don't love you. And so our love should not be based on what someone does for us because God's love isn't based on what we do for him. Because God's love is a love that is unconditional. Everybody say unconditional. See, Jesus did not die on the cross to compel God to love people, but, but, but because he already loved them from the beginning. So Jesus dying on the cross was not to say, hey, God, I want you to love these people. No, Jesus, God said, you know, what? I'm going to send my son because I already love the world. So this is what it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Y'all tracking with me? Good, good, good. We got a lot of notes in this one. I'm just, just scrolling through. We got a lot of notes in this one. Note takers are move makers. Everybody say note takers are move makers. Because when you hear a message like this, you, you, you may not hear everything at one time. And so it is important for you to take notes so you can go back and review that thing. Like, you know what? I missed that. That, that, that thunders in my spirit. That thunders in my soul. So you need to go back and, and rewatch this and go back and relook at your notes. Everybody at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1? This is what the scripture says. It says, see what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown, bestowed on us, that we should be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. The reason that the world does not know, recognize, acknowledge us is that it does not know, recognize and acknowledge him. So we see from this that God's love is not a vague, sentimental feeling, but a love that costs. See, God's love for you costs. It costs him his son. See, the cross is the result of God's love, not the cause of it. So when we understand that, then we will we, we will have more reverence for what Jesus did on the cross for us. So let's talk about love. Everybody say, let's talk about love. Y'all probably like, I don't be talking about love right now, Pastor Jay. What do you mean? Let's talk about love. So I, I, I really want to talk about this because we need to understand this. So true love, hear me when I say this, gives you the choice to choose. Amen. True love gives you the choice to choose. Amen. See, true love does not force itself upon you. Because guess what? True love is unconditional. So God will not force himself on you because God loves you that much. God gives you a choice to choose him. That's what free will is for. If there was no such thing as free will, then God would have to twist our arm behind our back for us to love him. But God is giving you a choice between between uh, the curse and the bliss. God is giving you the choice between the good life and the not so good life. He's giving you a choice to choose him. And we want to make sure that we choose him because when we choose him, then he helps us to live life. See, God, God's love for us wants to posture our heart. Everybody say posture our heart. And when I was studying this, and I've always read John chapter 3, verse 16, but I've never really looked at it like this. And so there are two heart postures. Everybody say two heart postures. 
And the first heart posture is this. It is a condemning heart posture. Everybody say condemning heart posture. And what is that? A condemning heart posture, it does this. You condemn yourself and you condemn others because you think that Christ is condemning you. So what you do as a result of what you think is happening to you, you condemn yourself and you condemn others. You say, well, well no, I must be a bad person and this, this, and I must, I must not be a good person and, you know, I must not, you know, really know God. And, and, and a lot of times we condemn ourselves and instead of getting into the word to find out who we are, we condemn who we are. And so everybody say condemning heart posture. This is what it says in Romans chapter eight, verse one. It says this. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. So when you are in Christ, the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So when we are in Christ, then we are not in condemnation because there is no condemnation in Christ. So if you're condemning yourself and you are in Christ, then you need to really take a you need to really look at your heart and see your heart posture. Because if you never look at your heart and see your heart posture, then you will continue to condemn yourself and condemn others. But if Jesus did not condemn, why are you? If Jesus did not condemn the world, why are you condemning the world? Why are you condemning those who have fallen short? The scripture says we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we all have sinned. And so we have to understand that we are always on a circular path of spiritual growth. Because the more I know about God, the more he teaches me about me. The more he teaches me about me, the more he teaches me about others. And the more I learn about God, the more he teaches me about me. The more he teaches about me, the more he teaches me about others. Because the scripture says for us to love God with everything that we have and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So if that is the cycle of spiritual growth, then that means that the more I learn about God, the more I learn about me. The more I learn about me, the more I learn about others. The more I learn about others, the more I learn about God. And so that is the cycle of spiritual growth. Everybody say spiritual growth. So so there's a condemning heart posture, but there is also a compassionate heart posture. Everybody say compassionate Compassionate. heart posture. And what is that heart posture? It's this. You love your neighbor as you love yourself and you love God with everything that you have. So let's go to Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. And I'm almost finished. All right, I, I won't be finished. I mean, I, we can stay here another two hours. I mean, y'all got quiet. Y'all got quiet. Brother DeCedric gave me the two, so he gave me the go-ahead on the two hours. Y'all probably already checked out like, man, this pastor crazy. Like, we not about to be here another two hours. No, we don't be in church long at Momentum. We don't. We don't. Everybody at Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. This is what the scripture says. It says, then one of the scribes came up and listened to them, disputing with one another and noticing that Jesus answered them fitly and admirably. So he so so he was watching. You got to understand people always watching. People always watching your life. People always watching to see how you're going to respond, how you're going to react. If you're going to have reactability or if you're going to have responsibility. A lot of times when when we're doing things, we, we react. They're not going to tell me this. They're not going to tell me that. They're going to respect me. They're going to put some respect on my name. You don't have to do that. 
you don't, you, you don't have to, you, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't have to make sure that you garner respect from people. Because listen, when you respect yourself, then what happens from you respecting yourself, then you automatically garner respect from others. So I don't have to come to you and tell you to be loyal to me because I'm already loyal to the person that God created me to be. So I don't have to come garner loyalty from you. I don't have to come garner respect from you. I don't have to garner love from you because I already know who I am. A lot of times, if you don't know who you are, if you have an identity crisis, then you are identity Christless, and you're trying to garner from people things that you think they should give you. You got to be loyal to me. You got to respect me. You got to love me. You got to do this for me. You got to do this for me. And instead of saying, let me do that thing for myself. Let, 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 let me build myself. Let me, let me build my inner man. Let me not focus on what's external, but let me focus on what's internal. So, so it says, Jesus answered them fitly and admirably. He asked him, which commandment is first and most important of all in its nature? And Jesus answered, the first and principal one of all commands is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart, out of and with all your soul, your life, your soul is your mind, your will, your intellect. Out of and with all your mind, with your faculty of thought and your moral understanding and out of and with all your strength. This is the first and principal commandment. The second is like it and is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So that means that we need to check our heart posture when it comes to love. Because we really need to see, am I, am I, uh, do I have a condemning heart posture? Am I condemning my life? Am I condemning others because I think that God is condemning me? Or am I loving others? See, the intensity of God's love for you is shown by the sacrifice of his son. So God's, God has an intense love for you. Everybody say intense love. See, the beauty of God's gift is not that God loves us enough to give, but God love, but God so loved that he gave. Did you hear what I just said? See, the beauty of the gift of God is not that God loves us enough to give, but God so loved that he gave. So what am I saying by that? We, what I'm saying is this. We should live like Jesus. And if you hadn't heard that series, go back and listen to that series. It's back in like 2019. So go back on the YouTube. You got to do a little bit of scrolling. Your finger may hurt a little bit, but you'll get there, right? So, so, so we need to live like Jesus. So what do I mean by that? I mean this, that we need to do the inner work on ourselves. Because if we never do the inner work on ourselves, then we never really love people to their full potential. We never really love ourselves to our full potential. Because we never do. We, see, we, see, God wants us to go deeper. I got, I got a word this week, and they said that, they, they told me that God wants us to go deeper. See, a lot of times we have just like a surface love, like, I love you, I think I love you, and then something happens, and then they don't want to, they, we, we, it's, like, it's, it's almost like you can't, you can't grow, you can't become better, because you are so used to that toxicity. See, God wants to heal your toxic ways. He, he wants to change your toxic ways, but he, you have to give him permission to change your toxic ways. If you never give him permission to change your toxic ways, you're going to continue the toxic ways for the rest of your life. That's going to be a cycle that you continue for the rest of your life. But when you understand who you are and you understand who God is and you understand that the love that God has for you is the same love that he wants you to give to others, then you will work on yourself. You will work on your inner man. 
So let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, and I'm almost finished. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. I know you probably said, that's the third time he done said he almost finished. So is he almost finished or is he not? Are you finished or are you done, Pastor Jay? Which one is it? So everybody at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. And it says this, it says, and his fullness fills you. This is a passion translation. Even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses, it wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of the world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God even for you. So God has a perfect will for you. He has a perfect way for you. And so it says it wasn't long. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. Verse three says this, the corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self life. We live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our mind dictated. Some of us are still living like that now. We're allowing our thoughts to dictate to us how we should live life. We're saying, you know what, that maybe I should live life like that. Maybe. I, and, and listen, we live in a world where there's a multitude of thoughts. Those thoughts come from social media. Those thoughts come from our job. Those thoughts come from our conversations. And so if we, don't, if we never bring those thoughts into subjection, then we will always accept the thoughts from other people. And you already, already think, you already, already, you already think 60 to 90,000 thoughts a day anyway. Now with social media, that is, that is, that is amplified because you are, you are getting thoughts from other people as well. So you're getting other impulses. You're getting other thoughts from other people. And so a lot of times we will read that thought and we'll be like, man, maybe, maybe this is true. Maybe this is right. And if that thought does not line up with the word of God, then it is not a true thought. So you need to make sure that you bring every thought into subjection. Everybody say subjection. And I wasn't even in my notes. So it says we live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children, subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But this is the verse that I love right here. Verse four says it says this. But God still loved us. With such great love, he is so rich in compassion and mercy. So even when you were not even thinking about God, God was thinking about you. Even when you wasn't even thinking about loving God, God had already loved you because he sent his son just for you. And so this is what it says in the Amplified Classic Version. I'm going to read verses four through five. It says, but God so rich is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy and great satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us, even when we were dead slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him, for it is by grace his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve. Grace is God's unmerited gift that you are saved, delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation. So everybody say this with me. God, God loves, loves me. me. Let's say it again. God, God loves, loves me. me. Say it one last time. God, God loves, loves me. me. 
And so when we understand God's love, we will understand this, that God loves us three things. God, God's love leads. Everybody say leads. And what does it lead us to? It leads us into truth. It leads us into life because God sent his son that we may have life here and eternal life as well, everlasting life as well. See, a lot of times people think that when you get saved that your life is over. Like, man, life born. Actually, life becomes better because I know that my final destination is set, is secure. So life becomes better because I'm not in this I'm not in this world afraid of death. I'm not in this world afraid of what's going to happen next. I'm not in this world afraid of what's going to happen in this government or what's going to happen with the gas prices or what's going to happen with the presidential election because I have a peace in knowing that God is going to take care of me. The scripture says, for, for, um, it says, um, all things work together for the good of them that love God to those called according to his purpose and will. So when I allow God's love to lead my life, I'm not afraid of what my life will be because God is going to lead me in a path that is going to bring me joy, that's going to bring me peace, that I'm going to be fulfilled, that I'm going to flourish and that everything I do is going to be fruitful. See, that's the type of life that God wants us to live. A lot of times we think, oh, I'm saved and I must not know. I, I must. I, my life must become born. No, your life becomes better. When you get saved, your life becomes better. So everybody say better. Yeah. So God's love, it, it leads. Everybody say leads. Lead. What else does God love? Do? It, it lavishes. 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 It's like a tongue twister. I wrote the notes. I'm like, can I not say the word? Everybody say Lavishes. So, so, so God's love has a way of lavishing our life and it has a way of fulfilling us. See, when you get a revelation of God's love, and I hope that you get that revelation of God's love this morning, you will start to feel different in life. And when you feel different, you think different, you move different, you act different. You just are different and not different as better than different as set apart, different as I have a life that God has lavished his love on. And I understand that my life is not my own, but we belong to Christ. So everybody say lavishes. Lavish. And so what else does God love? Do? It does this. It lengthens life. Everybody say lengthens life. So what do I mean by that? It lengthens life on this side, but it also lengthens life on the other side as well. So when I allow God's love to transform my life, then it will lengthen my life because God will give me eternal life, everlasting life. And so my life doesn't end when my life ends. My life begins when my life ends. And that's what God wants you. He, he wants your life to begin when it ends on this side and begins with him. So everybody say God's love, God's love. Leads, leads, lavishes, lavishes. and it lengthens life. Amen. Let's look from God in prayer. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we honor you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your son and the sacrifice that he made for us. So, God, I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice. If they need to make a decision for you this morning, that you give them the strength, that you give them the courage to do so. So, God, I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice. We thank you, Lord God, that they will get a revelation of the love that you have for them, that it is intense, that it is pure, that it is spontaneous, that it is constant, that, is, that it is consistent. Lord God, so God, we thank you, we love you, and we honor you for this moment, this time, and this space. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm going to ask my prayer team to join me quickly this morning. Prayer team, if you would join me. And I want you all to ask yourself this, Holy Spirit, Spirit, what are are you saying saying to me? me. And we're going to allow for some space and some areas this morning 
Um, I'm going to allow for some space per team if you join me quickly as we continue along in service. for some space for some areas this morning because we really want you to have a relationship with God. And how do you have a relationship with him? You have a relationship with him by believing that he sent his son to die for you. See, when Jesus was on the cross, um, the two thieves that were on the side of him, all they had to do was believe. They had to wear no church clothes. They had to have like no church mindset. They had to follow no religion. Look, they weren't even a part of no any denomination. All they had to do was believe. And what did Jesus say? This day you will be with me in paradise. Now, I know that that blows a lot of people's um, um, theology and, and religious mindsets that we have. But all they had to do was believe. They didn't have to go through. Jesus didn't say, all right, let's get off the cross. Let's go get baptized. No, he said, all you got to do is believe. And they believed from that day and they were with Christ in paradise. And so if you're here this morning and you desire to be saved, you desire to know God for yourself and you desire to have a relationship with him. We want to give you that opportunity to do so this morning, to have a relationship with God, because God sent his son for you. He sent his son for you individually. I want you all to do something for me. I want everybody to just say the name. One, two, three. Not Jesus. Not I want you to say your name. One, two, three. What's your name? See, God died just for you. He didn't die for Jesus. He died for you. He died for your name. Before you were even born, he died for your name. So over 2,000 years ago, he was thinking about you. He was thinking about Carol. He was thinking about Agnes. He was thinking about Lori. He was thinking about Thomas. He was thinking about Haley. He was thinking about you before you were even born. So if you're here this morning and you desire to be saved, you desire to have a relationship with God, we want to give you that opportunity. Secondly, you're here and you want one of our prayer team members to pray with you. You want them to touch and agree with you and in any area of your life. Look, I can say this from truth. None of these prayer team members would judge your situation. They only want to pray with you. So if you're here this morning and you desire for someone to pray with you, we want to give you that opportunity. Thirdly, you are here and you want to join Momentum. You want to become a part of what we are doing here as a ministry. You say, you know what? I can see myself fitting in. I want to be a part of that ministry. I want to be a part of what God is doing in this house. And so, look, church, it's important for you to have a church home. Why is it important for you to have a church home? Because guess what? You're protected. You're protected. What do I mean by protection? I mean this. The scripture says that Jesus will leave the 99 and go after the one because he understands that the 99 are in his care. So he can take care of the 99. He, he can watch the 99. But that one that is outside of his care, he cannot go. He, he cannot. His 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 safety net is around the 99. But he wants to make his safety net around the one as well. And so church, church. Church, a church is not just church. church. Church, having a church home is not just having a church home. Having a church home holds you accountable. Having a church home helps you grow because you need to be protected in this world that we are in. 
you, you got to be protected because if you're not protected, then you set yourself, you set yourself up to more attack up from the enemy because you are by yourself. You are isolated. The enemy loves isolation. So if he can get you isolated, then he can, he can, spiritual warfare is at an all time high then because he can plant these thoughts in your mind and make you feel like, you know what? You don't, you don't deserve God's love. And you know what? You did this yesterday and you're going to be a phony if you go in that church. But listen, uh, church is not for perfect people. Church is for messy people. Church is for broken people. That's what church is for. So if you're here and you want to join Momentum, you want to become a part of what we are doing here, we want to give you that opportunity. So first, if you desire to be saved. Second, if you desire your prayer. Or third, if you desire to join Momentum, we want to give you that opportunity this morning to do so. Amen. I want y'all to give God some praise for this sister. Like this is your sister. This is your aunt. This is your cousin. This is your friend. Come on, you guys. We can do better than that. Hallelujah. 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 See, God rejoices. See, we think that God rejoices over the thousands, but God rejoices. The angels are rejoicing over the one. He, the angels rejoice over the one. Amen. And so uh, she has... Uh, let Minister Laura know that she wants to connect with Momentum, so she wants to become a part of what we are doing here. Amen. Amen. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. We're going to do something. going to do something a little bit old school. We're going to shout hallelujah three times. Now, before we do this, if God is tugging on your heart to become a part, um, don't allow what other people are, are thinking about you or looking at you. Don't even don't even worry about them. It's not even about them. And it's about you. It's about you. It's about you in this moment. Amen. It's about you in this moment. It's about you in this moment. It's about you. It's, so if God is tugging on your heart, God is saying, be a part. If God is saying, be a part. God is saying, be a part. And I don't, I don't stay on this long. If you know me, I don't stay on this long. I don't stay on this long. Hallelujah. I don't stay on this long. If you know me, for those of you who know me, you know that I don't stay on this area long because I don't believe in trying to force you to do anything. But Holy Spirit, when Holy Spirit speaks to my heart, I believe this is a place where the Spirit of God is. And where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. Amen. 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 Everybody say five. What is five? Five is a number of favor. And I've been speaking favor over this house. Amen. I've been speaking favor over this house. Hallelujah. Heart work is happening right now. Heart work is happening right now. Hallelujah. Heart work is happening. Heart work is happening. Heart work is happening. It's the heart work that's happening. It's the heart work that's happening. It's the heart work that's happening this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stay, stay for, stay for a moment. Stay for a moment. And I want to pray over you all this morning. We're going to welcome you into the 